Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're celebrating today. It's kind of celebration, the right word. Yes, we're, we're entering into a critically important time of the church's year. You know, the, the church leads us every year through what's described as the Paschal Mystery, the story of Jesus, the story fundamentally of his journey, his teaching. It's from the Incarnation, there's teaching, passion, death, resurrection, his ascension into glory to the right hand of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church and the sending of the apostles. We're at a moment now of a very important moment, the, the primary penitential season in the liturgical year. And it's important for us to be able to, I think, comprehend and see its importance. It can be, can be easy to miss the significance of it because of how busy everybody is and the many, many distractions that we can have every single day. And we really, we live in a culture that's so prosperous and most people have so much to do and so many opportunities to do so many things because of all the resources that we have. And we live in a, in a culture of perpetual entertainment, nonstop distraction, always satisfying, titillating the flesh, keeping us in a position of having fun, like a perpetual party, you know, like the commercial show us and all the rest of them. And then just the daily responsibilities. So it can be hard to see how important this season is because it really, it really takes something. I mean, it takes a decision of the will and God's grace to step in and participate with the whole church in this season of fasting and repentance and uh, being able to internalize together as individuals, as families, as parishes, as dioceses, and hopefully the whole country, you know, the whole world, the church, is taking very seriously this time because it is a time to repent. It's a time to draw closer to the Lord. It's time to turn away from the directions we're moving in that are inconsistent with the Lord's will for our lives, to take authority over our lives, to set our mind to be focused. And a key part of this season of Lent is fasting. It's an element of it. And the scripture has a lot to say about fasting. Key passage of Matthew 6, 16 through 18. We're called to fast. When Jesus said, when you fast, he didn't say, you know, he said, when you fast, he's assuming we're going to fast. God's people fast. They didn't, the apostles didn't fast while the bridegroom was still here. Jesus is the bridegroom. There's a passage in the gospel where he's challenged about that. But he expects that his, his, his disciples will fast. It'll be part of our lives passage reads, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, like don't put on a show, that they may appear to men to be fasting, like we don't want to trumpet, look what I'm doing. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who sees in secret, in the secret place of your heart. And your Father, listen to Jesus' words, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. We're called to fast. 
And why do we do it? Because our Father in heaven calls us to fast, to be purified, to cleanse our minds, to cleanse our hearts, to come back to Christ fully, to be radically surrendered to him, to offer our lives to him again, to seek his will, to humble ourselves. Fasting humbles us, but it, and it, it also disposes us, opens us to grace. Instead of filling, filling, filling ourselves, we're denying ourselves. And it's a, it's a good discipline because it helps us subdue the drives in us that are constantly clamoring for attention and to silent, quiet them and silence them and listen to the word of God, to listen to God's call in our lives, to see our life very seriously uh, in the moment. Where are we at in relationship to the Father's will in our lives? How are we doing? We don't fast to motivate God to get to get God's attention. It's not a way of saying, you know, for God to look at us. God's eyes are always upon us. His heart is always toward us. He wants us to follow in the footsteps of his son so deeply to be conformed to the image of Jesus. It's it opens us up actually to the opposite, to be to be able to receive the affection of the Father toward us, the intimacy, to empty ourselves, again, to silence the clamoring of the flesh so that we can receive the Lord in a deeper way. It's not a matter of trying to move God's heart, but our own heart, to align our heart with Him. It also increases just our spiritual passion. It opens us up over time it restrains physical pleasure. It enhances spiritual pleasure, right? And the deepest longing in the heart we have, the most powerful thing we can experience in this life is when God reveals God to the human spirit. God wants to do that. He wants us to know that we're his children. But often, to you know, truth be told, he doesn't get our attention very often. And he wants us to, instead of feasting on things that, you know, feed us and distract us and, you know, give us physical pleasure. And the rest of it, he's saying, come and feast on me, feast on my word, feast on the presence of the Spirit in your life who's leading you. He wants to tenderize our hearts. He helps change our desires, you know, to align our desires with the will of God, which means to learn basically to love more fully and more deeply. He wants to increase our understanding of his word, he wants to make our body healthier. It's actually fasting the right way is a, is a healthy thing. And it also strengthens our a sense of identity as we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I saw I just saw a little summary from one writer talked about in the Christian tradition, there are seven reasons for fasting. I'll just read them to you. Number one, from the beginning, God commanded some fasting. And sin entered into the world because Adam and Eve broke the fast. How about that? The fasting was don't eat from that tree. You can't have everything whenever you want it. You can't have that. That's not good for you. Don't do it. And their their unwillingness to live that fast and walk in it has had huge repercussions, right? Number two, for the Christian, fasting is ultimately about fasting from sin. This is a season where God's grace is present, when the people of God are praying and together. There's a lot of spiritual power there to break 
the habit patterns of sin, you know, the cycles of sin, the, the habit patterns of temptation that have gripped us because we failed to resist and develop the right patterns of virtue that the Lord wants to help us with. Number three, fasting reveals our dependence on God, not the resources of this world. This is a big one for people like us. I mean, I, I, we visit our mission teams have gone all over the world and we do a lot of work in some of the most impoverished nations in the world. And this is a fight. This is the same kind of fight, the one I'm about to read, that can happen with anybody in any place at any time. But I think it's particularly challenged because challenging for us because we have so many resources. There's so much money. There's so many distractions. There's so many comforts. There's so many ways to adventure and fill our, our imagination and the longing for fascination that's in us and to be distracted and all that, to experience pleasure. That's a downside from being the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. Three, so fasting reveals our dependence on God, not the resources of this world. We feel like if I've got all the, if I got enough money in the bank, I got a comfortable enough home, I can, you know, have the time to do whatever I want to do. I can seek the comforts, the pleasures, the distractions, the dreams. I don't really need much. I don't really need to be dependent on God. But friends, for the most important part of our journey, which is the journey to sanctity, to becoming saints, it is a life of grace. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of God in us that we cooperate with. And Jesus said, if you really want it, you got to seek it. If you seek it, you, you've got to, you know, with all your heart, you've got to come. And he talks about abiding in that, like a heart that just abides in the call of God to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And then he says, if you do that, you will bear fruit and fruit that will last. And when you die, your fruit tree will be full. And on judgment day, it'll be clear the choices you've made and what you put first in your life. Number four, fasting is an ancient way of preparing for the Eucharist, the truest of foods. That's why we fast, you know, an hour before receiving, right? Five, fasting is a preparation for baptism and all the sacraments for the reception of grace. We, we empty ourselves and our preoccupation with ourselves and clinging again to the things in this world. And we're attentive, receptive, open to the grace that God wants to give us. Number six, fasting is a means of saving resources to give to the poor. This is, you will see some of the passages during Lent where God says, here's the kind of fasting I like that's really centered on forgetting yourself, looking at your neighbor, what are the needs of your neighbor? What can you do to help them, to feed them, to clothe them, to love them? Grow, decide to grow in that area, friends. It's not just denying ourselves food and the right, which is good, but give more of your time, and I want to line there right with you, to the poor around us, characteristic of healthy Christian living. Chapter seven, fasting, excuse me, number seven, fasting is a means of self-discipline, chastity, and the restraining of appetites. Now, I don't have to say too much about that because certainly we know how easy it is to be trapped in unchastity and trapped in just excessive saying yes to our appetites of all kinds. And so let's, in our humility, go before God and say, Lord, here's really where I am. But I really, I really want to let go of the compulsions I have in order to desires I keep saying yes to, the grooves that I've dug in my own life. Please help me. 
And you're not alone, friends. You're not alone. Brothers and sisters are fasting all around you. Here's what the church says, leading into some practicals about leading into this season, starting today. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are obligatory days of fasting and abstinence. So no meat, mean abstinence, no meat on Friday. In addition, Fridays during, in those days, and uh, Fridays during Lent are obligatory days of abstinence. For members of the Latin Catholic Church, the norms on fasting are obligatory from the age 18 until age 59. When fa- I'm over 59, and I, I, to the degree that we can, friends, we ought to embrace this. It's not like, hey, I'm off the hook. I'm over 59. <laughs> I don't have to do it. Or even high school kids, you know, who are you're under 18 years old or junior high kids, you can fast in different ways. You're a serious disciple. You can become a saint right now. So the battle's on for you, right? And you can engage and grow in God's purpose and plan for you. Goes on to say, when fasting, a person is permitted to eat one full meal, as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to the full meal. The norms according uh, concerning abstinence from meat are binding upon members of the Latin Catholic Church from the age of 14. If possible, the fast on Good Friday is continued until Easter Vigil on Saturday evening as the Paschal fast to honor the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus and to prepare ourselves to share more fully and to celebrate more readily his resurrection. Friends, we're in a critically important moment in the history of our church, in the history of our countries, and this is a great opportunity because only the Lord can save us from the troubles that we're seeing around us beginning in our own life. So let's embrace this season wholeheartedly. God bless you. Have a good day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash foe. That's renewalministries.net slash foe.